Chapter 5 Brittany and I were sprawled out on my couch one uneventful week after my lunch with Courtney. School kept Britt busy, and I'd spent most of the week trying to get into a new, work new workout and nutrition plan. I still had hopes of getting back into shape and rejoining the football team, but it would take a determined effort. I'd also had plenty of time to consider my conversations with Mike, Maddie, and Court. Nothing out of the ordinary had happened with Britt, but that was about to change. My apartment's air conditioner was working overtime, as the temperature outside had reached triple digits. Despite the oppressive heat, it was almost a normal afternoon. You're still thinking about what Mike said, aren't you? Britt took a long drink from her glass of orange juice, placed it back on the coffee table. No, not really, I said. Britt shook her head. Then why did you ask your mom? how things were going between us, if I was okay. You must have told her something. My mom had called an hour earlier and asked me to come out to the homestead because she needed a favor. Before hanging up, she had asked about us and Britt had overheard. I didn't tell her anything, I said, and Mike's full of shit. I forced a laugh. I tried to sound convincing, but pessimistic thoughts continued to swirl inside my head. It would be impossible to outright dismiss such direct comments from my best friend of two decades. I was in a heightened state of awareness, and every little anomaly fueled my paranoia, like oxygen to a dying campfire. Brittany remained quiet. I brought her hand to my lips, giving it a slight peck. Love you, Britt. She melted into my arms. I could fabricate the truth when necessary to protect someone, even myself. I love you too, but you need to talk to Mike again. You're still thinking about what he said, and that might be why you're having nightmares. I'll see what I can do, but I don't want to talk to him, I said, stroking her hair. Then maybe I should, she smiled. Would that be okay? Maybe I could set him straight. My skin prickled. Her intent may have been innocent, but her words caught me off guard. Set him straight? I imagined her with a gun to his temple making him an offer he couldn't refuse. What do you mean? What are you going to do? Oh, I can be convincing. You should know that by now. She climbed into my lap. Hold me, Ty. I love being in your strong arms. You make me feel safe. That was nice of her to say, but I felt like I was back in the bayou, wading into the dark waters, needing to escape to the shore, but anchored by an unseen force just waiting for the inevitable strike, rendered defenseless by my reluctance to accept the truth. The drive out to my parents' house brimmed with nostalgia. They lived in rural Nash County, 10 miles northwest of Gentry, making it about 30 miles from Reedville. The majority of the drive to their house was along an unlined and often unpatrolled blacktop, which often resulted in high speeds, I remember drag racing a certain section with Mike back in the days when I had a Ford Mustang and he had a Mitsubishi Eclipse. As I got older, I'd slow down to enjoy the trip. I used to speed through the countryside, seldom giving a second glance to the passing scenery. Most people wouldn't consider the prairie of central Illinois as a beacon of breathtaking vistas, but I enjoyed the dramatic expanse and the panoramic sunsets. The sun was already well into its daily plunge. Vibrant pinks and purples filled the western sky. 
I drove by fields of corn and soybeans shooting toward the clouds. It was like the plants were being pulled skyward by millions of strings. The crops looked healthy, I thought so anyway, but looks can be deceiving. My mind was transported back to my high school days. If I didn't know any better, it could have been just another day during my senior year. I might have been driving home from a football practice, going home to get ready to hang out with Brittany, or to drink a few beers with Mike. Things had changed, though, as much as I wanted to avoid the truth. While living in Reedville, it was easy to lose sight of the past, but whenever I came back to Gentry, it seemed like I'd never left. Cross-Canadian ragweed said it best, you're always 17 in your hometown. I just hope that I wouldn't be clinging to the past in another 20 years. Maybe it's a symptom of a small town, and Gentry certainly was that, that for some, even after graduation, high school never really ends. I approached the turn to my childhood home. There were two houses on the corner, one on the northeast, another on the southwest. A widowed woman, Mrs. Stein, owned the northeastern home. I used to chat with her about a variety of subjects, ranging from the good old days to Cardinals baseball. I remembered when I'd first discovered that she was an avid baseball fan. I stopped by one afternoon while the Cardinals were playing a day game. When I walked in the front door, she was cussing about the shortstop making an error. It was quite the spectacle, an 81-year-old woman cussing about one run. It cut the St. Louis lead from 8-0 to zero to 8-1. to one. It was impossible not to laugh. But one small mistake can lead to a chain reaction, resulting in losing a perceived stranglehold on an opponent or on life itself. My childhood home came into clear focus as I made the turn onto our road. The house sat to the north, nestled between two sheds. An imposing shed sat on the west side of the homestead, full of my dad's farm machinery. It dwarfed the house, but the house was far from small. It was a two-story farm home with a porch wrapped around each level. I pulled down their long gravel driveway and spied my mom through a large bay window. She threw a basket of clothes to the ground, spilling some of the contents. She jogged to the door and stepped outside. My mom was young, in her 40s, so she still got around pretty well. Courtney got her green eyes from mom, but must have gotten her height from my dad. My mom was several inches shorter than Court, otherwise they looked similar. They had the same emerald eyes, dark complexion, brown hair. It's about time you come see us, mom said. I wasn't sure how long it had been. I thought I remembered coming out just a couple weeks before, but it might have been a month or two. Hey, mom. I hugged her before turning back to my jeep to retrieve a small bouquet of blue and yellow wildflowers I had picked from along the blacktop. One of my favorite parts of summer had always been the wildflowers. Tyler, you're so sweet. She smiled as she took the flowers into the house. I need to get these in water. They're so beautiful. Oh, I do what I can, I said, following her into the house. I wasn't always convinced when my mother showered me with adoration. I disappointed them by not fulfilling my potential but they were grateful that I didn't give them too much grief. They had their hands full with Court, from the Mar Courtney, from the marathon school absences to her many trips to the doctor in Springfield. Mom lingered in the kitchen while I made a quick job up to, jog up to my bedroom to retrieve my prom picture with Britt. I'd taken it with me to Reedville, but I must have brought it back at some point. My childhood bedroom was upstairs, across the hallway from my sister's. We each had a bathroom in our own room, which came in handy during the school year. I never endured the torment of waiting hours for my sister to get ready. My parents had left my room untouched after I'd moved to Reedville. It was an eclectic, curious mix of books and sports memorabilia in my room. Posters of Nikola Tesla and Carl Jung hung next to those of Matt Holliday and Dan Marino. 
Dad had also built a shelf for my numerous football and basketball trophies. The letter from the athletic department at Central Illinois was sitting on my desk, unfolded. I wasn't sure why I hadn't thrown it away. Maybe so I would at least have some tangible reminder of what was. I could see the words scholarship and revoked. I closed my eyes and took a deep breath. Flashbacks bubbled up. The smell of fresh cut grass, scrambling for a critical first down, fans cheering, sheer jubilance. Then my dreams were shattered. I pushed the memories back. I didn't want my mom to worry about me, not any more than she already did. It was time to put on a strong front. Deep breath. After calming myself, I found the picture and took off back down the steps. I made a quick ride at the bottom of the stairs and rejoined my mom in the kitchen dining room area. How's the family? I asked as I scavenged through the fridge for leftovers. Ah, ham and cheese turnovers. I shot mustard onto a plate along with my treats. They'd always tasted better cold. Well, we're all healthy and in one piece, but I can't say the same about your uncle. Uncle Patrick? Isn't he getting divorced? My Uncle Patrick, which was my dad's brother, lived south of Decatur near Shelbyville. He had two sons, my cousins. Josh was my age and Sam was a few years older. Well, Christine filed for divorce, but then she vanished. Patrick isn't doing well. The boys are struggling, especially Sam. I don't know what it is about this family, she sighed. We seem to get hit with one thing after another. That's crazy, I said. Does anyone know what happened? No idea, but I feel awful for Patrick and the boys. Damn, that sucks. I wasn't sure what else to say. I wasn't apathetic. I felt bad for my cousins, but I had my own problems. Yes, it does. Well, that's enough negative talk, Mom said. How are you doing? I can't complain. I talked to Court the other day at Panera. Guess in light of what my cousins were going through, maybe my problems weren't so bad. My mom filled a glass of sweet tea to the brim, took a seat at the dining room table. Yeah, Courtney mentioned something about that. She said you had a fight with Mike. Yeah, just as I suspected. Court had told mom everything. Court and I might not have been as close anymore, but I wanted to believe I could still confide in her. Another change. Yeah, we had a stupid fight. I rolled my eyes, hoping my mom would let it go. I didn't have the energy to dissect it yet again. I'm sorry if I worry too much. I just want to make sure that you're okay. Yep, life is great. I can't complain. I hope so. How is Brittany? She's good. We had a little picnic the other night. You're such a romantic, just like your father. Mom looked like she wanted to say more, but instead she just walked over and hugged me. What was that for? I was trying not to complain about it. I love you. I want you to be safe. She gave me a sympathetic smile, rubbing my shoulder. She wants me to be safe. I really shouldn't have said anything to Courtney. I was still considering what Mike told me at the barnyard, but I didn't need everyone examining my relationship. It was too much. I sure didn't need the sympathy at a time like this. It served no purpose aside from making me analyze the minutia of my life. So I said, life is great. I'm happier than I've ever been. Gave my mom a cheesy fake smile. It was enough to prompt a restrained laugh from her. I hope so. Please remember that you can talk to me about anything. 
I know it's hard to talk to your old mom about things, but I'll always be here to help you in whatever way I can. I'm serious. You used to fit right here in my arms. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Mom. I fought back the emotion building inside me. I didn't want her to see a tear forming because that would make her cry, without a doubt. I know you hate when I ask this, but did you grab your prescription the other day? If not, I can get it for you. Yeah, I did. It's been helping. Allergies had always been my Achilles heel, and they were far worse whenever I was in the country, naturally. Yeah, that's good, since you might be stuck out here for a while, which is a perfect segue to why I called. Will you be able to house-sit while we're in Hawaii? She smiled as she asked. My parents were heading to Hawaii for their anniversary. It somehow slipped my mind. I might have been preoccupied. They planned to be gone for a month and had an itinerary for six weeks, if they liked it. Hawaii wasn't a bad anniversary gift. I want to say that my parents were super wealthy, but they did well. Mom was a pharmacist. Dad owned a large grain farm. They had planned their vacation so that Dad could return home before the fall harvest. Yeah, I can be a sweetheart and do that for you guys. Do I need to be out here every night? You are a sweetheart, Tyler. No, not every night, but at least a few nights per week. Court should be here, but we can't count on her. She'll be in and out as usual. She said she'd try to give you a heads up when she won't be here. My mom paused. I already knew what was coming. Are you sure you don't want to talk? She must have been apprehensive about asking, hoping I wouldn't lash out. I wanted to snap back, but I restrained myself. Yeah, I'm sure. No worries. I'm not sure what court told you. I narrowed my eyes, which she met with a guilty look. But don't worry. Like I said, I'm fabulous. My mom's concern was pure instinct, motherly love. She knew I was keeping something from her, but I kept shooting down her valid concerns. Okay, okay. I get it. If you say everything is fine, then I believe you. Mom relented and switched gears back to the house sitting. So, we'll be leaving on July 17th. You, you need to stay out here for at least the first few nights. Enough people know we're gone, and you never know who might try to do something. No problem, I said. You guys better bring me back a pineapple. Mom laughed. Oh, I almost forgot. Give Gigi a call. He misses talking to you. By Gigi, Mom meant her father-in-law, my grandpa, Gene. All the cousins had always called him Gigi. Will do, I said. I'm going to take a nap. I haven't been sleeping well. I bounded down the staircase before she could pounce on my last comment. The basement was the only carpeted area of the house. Its crown jewel was a large entertainment area, a 60-inch TV, PlayStation 4, and a Bose surround system. A dark gray L-sectional and a red bulldog's beanbag chair surrounded the TV. I kicked back on the sectional and checked to see if there was anything good on Hulu. There were several corny sitcoms, but nothing caught my eye until I found an old episode of Seinfeld. I'd watched the episode numerous times before. Jerry was dating an amazing woman, but his friends kept telling him that she was flawed. Fitting enough. I turned it on, but I was out within minutes. I woke to the sound of my mom and dad speaking in hushed tones upstairs. I walked over to the staircase and sidled up a few steps, trying to hear their conversation. What did he say when you ask? My dad whispered. He didn't say much. It was hard to get anything out of him. You know how he can be, how he can be when we talk about Brittany? My mom whispered back. 
I advanced a couple more steps, careful not to let the stairs creak beneath my weight. The more I tried to be quiet, the more noise I usually made. It wasn't the first time I tried to sneak up the stairs to overhear a conversation. I did the same thing when my mom and dad would talk about Court's problems or her boyfriends. It always cracked me up to hear them bash the loser she dated. They were always so concerned she'd run off and they would never see her again. I don't understand how he can still be with her. It's not right. Do you think he's living in denial? My dad said. He added something else, but I couldn't make it out. I took another step, holding my breath, bracing myself for a loud creak. Nothing. He told me not to worry, Wade. Maybe we should let it go and have faith. The onslaught was never ending. Now my dad had joined in, he wasn't easily swayed. Then again, I had become a disappointment. It's easier to find fault with a disappointment. I got away with everything in high school because of my success, but life was different now, as much as I hated to admit the truth. I'm not so sure, Dad said. But if he insists everything's okay, maybe it is. Who are we to say? I wonder if he even knows or remembers. It scares me, too, considering what he's been through. All we can do is step back and let it take its course. My dad's voice became more confident. He can take care of himself, Jackie. He's a strong boy. I sure hope so, my mom said. They were silent for a moment. Ty, are you awake? My mom yelled. I panicked. I crept back down the steps, tiptoeing my way to the couch. What? Yeah, I am now. What's going on? Dinner will be ready in 15 minutes if you're hungry. Sounded like a hell of a plan. A guy needs to eat and a home-cooked meal may have been just what the doctor ordered. I turned off the TV and jogged up the stairs. There he is, my dad said as I summited the stairs. Good morning. Funny, I responded. I took a seat at the table across from my dad. He would always tell us good morning whenever we woke up late or from an afternoon nap. His dark eyes were about even with the top of my head when standing. He would have been muscular enough by virtue of working on the farm, but he also made time to lift weights. His bench press total crushed mine. I really needed to put on more muscle. I lost so much weight since last fall. With that thought, I scarfed down two huge plates of Spanish rice. After dinner, I was almost out the door when my mom asked, Where'd you run off to this afternoon? Huh? What do you mean? I asked. I was taking a nap. Oh, I'm sure you left, Mom said. But I was so busy trying to finish laundry. I was confused. I knew I'd slept the entire afternoon. At least I thought I had.